Right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the D. Stark and Cope Chicago Sports Show. Two lifelong Chicago sports fans of different life lengths. Uh, I am Dan Stark. This is my co-host, Noah Cope. How's it going, everyone? And uh, we are going to just jump right in uh, with the Bears. And today we are talking Bears trades. Uh First and foremost, we will talk about the the big one. Uh, we're a little a little out from. We got a little more a little more uh, distance from it. A little better perspective, maybe. No, tell me the specifics of the big trade. Yeah, so the Bears move off of number one trade with the Panthers. Panthers get the first overall pick. Bears take back the ninth overall pick in this year's draft. 61st overall pick in this year's draft, which is a second round pick, um, a 2024 first round pick, and a 2025 second round pick, and then for some, most importantly, uh, wide receiver DJ Moore. Okay, uh, very good. When we will get into like kind of what we both think about this uh, as we go forward. Now, when you when it started to become clear, well, it really didn't really become clear until week 18 right that they were going to actually get the number one pick what did you want out of that yeah it definitely did not become clear until a lucky hail mary and a two-point conversion at the end of that texans game um but once they got the number one pick the initial my initial reaction was a trade back i'm all in on justin fields i think he is our franchise quarterback or at least deserves the opportunity to prove that he's the franchise quarterback probably this year and next year. Um, So immediately I wanted to trade. I was looking at Jalen Carter and Will Anderson very seriously. Uh, Will Anderson, Alabama, uh, Jalen Carter, Georgia. I was a little more familiar with Anderson because he's been unbelievable since his freshman year at Bama. My hope was that they could stay within the top four and get one of those guys while also picking up some some draft capital. So that was initially Texans win that game against the Colts. I say, let's pick up some draft capital and let's try and get one of those two guys. Yeah. And I, I was similar, I would say, and even before, I think we talked even before we knew they were getting number one, even if they were at number two, I wanted them to trade down. Right. Cause it was kind of becoming clear that the probably at least the top two picks were going to be teams going after quarterbacks and uh, like you, I did not want to see the Bears start over uh, at quarterback. And we'll we'll get into that real quick. So I wanted the trade down as well. I really had this dream scenario of a cascading trade down the board, meaning like you swap with then to go down to number two. And then you start a, then you start some sort of bidding war, maybe to get to the down to four and then maybe you can trade down from four to seven and then maybe on draft day you trade down from seven to nine, whatever and you just keep on acquiring more and more picks because this team has so many holes right there the defense you know even like at the time when they made the trade the defense had like basically no front seven i mean well, just to push back is, on that a little bit is there any precedent for a team that's sort of done that before like what? Yeah, what made you want to think about like? Because that didn't even cross my mind initially. As there may be teams traded back a couple times, but to go one to four to two to four to seven, and like I don't think there's any precedent for for a team that's done that before. So that didn't even cross my mind. 
obviously it's a dream scenario if you could just keep collecting assets and move down and, and I guess end up where they ultimately did. But I've I've never even seen that happen. Yeah, well, that's why it's a good idea. <laughs> right. Thing is, you know, the thing that drove me nuts about Ryan Pace, uh, Ryan Pohl's predecessor, was his propensity to and tendency to trade up and sacrifice additional picks. Like he did it so many times with so many different guys. You know, trading up for picks in the fourth round, uh, trading up to get David Montgomery, trading up to get. Kwiatkowski, whatever that guy's name was, uh, trade, you know, Eddie Jackson ended up being a good pick, but there's no saying whether or not they needed to trade up to get him or they could have taken him the round before and saved more of their capital. And the fewer cracks you have at the draft, the, the less successful you're going to be. This is just a numbers game. You've got to get as many picks. And I thought once they got that number one pick, this was a unique opportunity to really accumulate um, a lot of picks potentially. Now, they ultimately decided to kind of get what they felt like was the best offer. I do feel like in my dream scenario, they accumulated more sets. And I think that will probably bear out when we see what some of these other trades down uh, do on drafting. Maybe the Cardinals will trade down from three. Uh, It remains to kind of be seen what's going to happen there because I think teams are going to want to jump Teams that want a quarterback still after presumably uh, uh, Jesus Christ, uh, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud uh, come off the board. Um, maybe they're going to want to jump ahead of the Colts and get into that three spot. And we'll see what kind of ransom the Cardinals can get uh, for that number three pick, which is presumably the first pick that's actually in play now. So I think it's interesting that you went with I mean, I obviously did want them to trade back also, but you went. Let's just try and get as many picks and sort of bites as at the apple as possible rather than my initial thought was, yeah, like obviously this team needs a lot of players, but when you're looking at Anderson, when you're looking at Carter, those are and those are still gambles, but those are guys who follow in a similar similar pedigree to like the Bosa's of the world and the Aiden Hutchinson's, like those recent guys where those guys would do wonders for a Bears team right now. And obviously it's still somewhat of a gamble, but just to say that you're going to get all these picks does not mean that you're going to get you know a ton of impact players that are going to come onto the team. Yeah, and initially, I, that that is true. I think that some part of me was like initially when it first went down was I want them to stay within range so they can get Carter, which seemed like they would need to basically be at like number four. So like trading maybe down from one to two and then two to four and then maybe stop there. But then when I started really kind of looking, I was worried. And look, maybe it still is the case. I was thinking Carter could be the next Aaron Donald, right? I, not, they're not exactly the same player. He's a much bigger guy, not as fast. But he could be that sort, that kind, or at least close to that impact like Warren Sapp than, than an Aaron Donald. But that kind of impact... I'm like, they can't miss out on this guy who could be the anchor to their defense. But the more I started looking at this before, like all the combine stuff or the, the pro day stuff and the accident, all that stuff came up. The more I started looking at it, the less I started to think that this is a guy that is going to be that huge that they absolutely cannot miss out on. Now, having said that, and we'll talk about this in a subsequent podcast, 
even at nine, I think I'm now at, I'm now at a place where if Jalen Carter is on the board, he's kind of the only guy that I would go defense on yeah. in the draft. And we'll, I don't want to talk too much. So I do think at nine, he's definitely worth the risk. I didn't, I, I gotten to the point though, where I didn't think it was necessarily worth staying at four. If they could get something more from a quarterback uh, needy team to trade down that I was like, All right, I'm fine with keep on dropping down the board. Now nine, quite honestly, uh, if, Carter isn't there. And then like all really kind of four of these offensive tackles that they're potentially interested in. I don't know the, uh, the Northwestern guy with the uh, Skoronowski or whatever his name is the uh, Paris Johnson, Jr. The guy from Georgia, whose name I'm not remembering right now. And the guy Jones, the kid from Tennessee. And then right from Tennessee. Yeah. What's that? Right. And Jones, Braddock Jones, Georgia. Braddock Jones from Georgia and the kid from Darn- Tennessee. Yeah. Darnell Wright as well. So. Yeah. Darnell Wright. Yes. That if if they are like they're kind of interested in all four of these guys and they don't really have a preference, they're all four are still sitting there when they're at nine. I kind of hope they do try to maybe move down a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I just I think it's like an easy thing to say, like, oh, let's trade back. Let's like pick up the assets and kick the can down the road, as opposed to like at some point you have to make the decision. Like this is a like an impact guy that we want to add to the roster who could potentially be like a multi-time Pro Bowl, like all 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 pro guy, like take, take that guy. Yeah. And that, and quite honestly, and that's what I liked about it when I had a little more time to think about it, that, you know, there are, there are, we just saw today, as a matter of fact, the contract that Jalen hurts is going to sign. We only have a couple more years of fields at that, on that rookie scale. Right. And he's going to start to get a lot more expensive. Um, and so the idea of adding someone like DJ Moore uh, is appealing because you know what he is right now. And it's not, well, hopefully in two or three years, he can turn into a DJ Moore type. And I, th- I think that um, we talked about this uh, just off air, um, that that was kind of my first question about it. If we get into the kind of the specific the specifics of what they got was yeah, yeah. So the trade gets announced. yeah yeah the trade gets announced let's, i said let's get into it the trade gets announced and your your sort of initial reaction is like how good is dj Moore? yeah because it's like I, you know i know him from fantasy and right. i know he's been decent but he's not like he certainly isn't um yeah, he's not in that upper echelon justin Hopkins jefferson justin jefferson and, or right. jamar chase good sure. but also he's not exactly been blessed with good quarterback play. Right. So I started to dig it, dig into it a little bit. And it's, you know, he has some a Rob qualities about his, you know, about the ability to put up numbers, despite not having a very good quarterback. I hope that he's a lot better than a Rob turned out to be um, for us. Uh, but I think that it seems like consensus is, He's a legit number one that he's probably somewhere in that 10 to 20 range uh, in terms of top receivers in the game. And that really does completely flip around their wide receiver depth chart. When you have, he jumps off the page when you're reading that trade and you sort of see that weapon as like, that's a real, that's a real piece. 
yeah, it, it really does completely change that room. I mean, like, you're going in, you're like, oh, Mooney's our number one, like, on a, you know, right. a good Claypool's going to be our number two. Who the hell knows what we're going to get from this guy? Um, but all of a sudden, Mooney's a pretty good looking number two, and Claypool probably has at least, who knows what he'll actually do, but as, as much upside as any number three in the league. We'll get into right. Claypool a little bit later, but yeah, I agree that as based on what he's able to do year one and year two, that's a guy who, other than maybe like um, Boyd on the Bengals, is probably yeah, as good as any any three in, in, in football. And then the other thing it does, all of a sudden, uh, is, is it Velas or Velas? How do you Velas. pronounce it? Yeah, Velas. All of a sudden, uh, Velas Jones is anything that he gives you now is gravy, right? right? As opposed to like, you really have to hope that this 32 year old rookie uh, <laughs> shows improvement in his second season. Whereas now it's like, all right, well, if he ends up being a bust, which a lot of people thought he was, including myself, when they took him, that it wasn't a good pick. It doesn't now, it doesn't really matter. And like I said, anything that you do get, it's looking pretty good. So my only question was what, because I was thinking about like, who are the impact players out there? Because this is a team that at the end of the day, like need needed actual, I thought like as great as draft capital was, you talked about where field is on that rookie deal. They, they needed like pieces that can come in and contribute now. So my yeah. head, I'm thinking about maybe Michael Pittman. I'm thinking about, you know, if they, if they decide to do something with the Colts, I'm thinking about maybe they, you know, is, is DeForest Buckner available? So where to sort of, where did more rank in, in that, here are the actual players that they're going to get back. Or were you really mostly just thinking, let's get draft capital in, in sort of the. Yeah, it, I, honestly, maybe just because of the nature of most football draft pick trades, I wasn't even thinking about like, oh, they should extract a quality veteran using this pick. Right. And the other thing is, I didn't even realize at the time, I assumed that more was coming up on free agency. And he's not. He has what's what seemed like actually before free agency actually started seemed like a very reasonable deal. A little less so after seeing how little some of these guys actually got on the free agent market. But certainly, I would rather have him than any of the receivers that change teams as free agents. I mean, if, three years, if fifty-two million. By the way, just to put that out there. What was it? Th three years, fifty-two million. Left. I thought it was even less than that. Okay. Uh, but that's reasonable. And like I said, that he's clearly in my eyes worth a hell of a lot more than uh, Jacoby Myers or Alan Lazard or right. any well, That's the other that. thing that got me really excited is you, you know, we're spending the end of that season trying to talk ourselves into those names. And yeah. you know, then, then you see DJ Moore comes along. That's a hell of a lot more exciting than the Lazards and the Juju's and uh, you know all those guys that that we were going to have to, I thought, overpay for and then have to talk ourselves into as as a a one or two. Right. Yeah. So I mean, that, and that was good. And I don't know. Were you thinking about? Uh, you asked me the question. Were you thinking about? Okay, who is someone they can get? Did you, did you see? I just saw maybe last week that. Um, they were trying to get Burns. 
Yeah, so Carolina. Burns and Derek. So they said there were three players that they would have accepted the trade from Carolina with. DJ Moore, obviously, they got. And then it was Brian Burns in, in the defensive tackle, Derek Brown. Auburn yeah. came out a couple years ago. Which, honestly, of the three, it could be the case that DJ Moore is like, well, I guess Brian, eh. DJ Moore could be the least valuable of the three, which is maybe why they got him. But I was thinking more like, you know, I saw it on photo on Twitter and whatever. One of the names that kept popping up was Michael Pittman because okay. two to four seemed logical. He's a younger wide receiver, which was obviously a huge need. So that's sort of the guy that I was trying to potentially talk myself into. Yeah, and I've, I've liked him. Yeah, but he's not TJ Moore. He's not TJ Moore. Although you could make the case that Pittman and Will Anderson and Pittman and um, you know Carter end up being better than whatever DJ Moore. Yeah, whatever they get a nine could be. So, well, I want to get on. Uh, I I do want to address something that you said that in a vacuum, I think there's little doubt that Brian Burns is a more valuable player than. DJ Moore, but I think for me, DJ Moore is a more important player for the Bears to have gotten, if that I makes agree. I agree. any yeah, sense. Yeah. Because of what it uh, does for Fields. Yeah, what it does for Fields. And, and you know, it, it was, we talked at the end of the season about, like, everyone's talking about the offensive line. I think I said, everyone's talking about the offensive line, but the defensive line is a disaster. Like, they have, like, literally no rotation players on their defensive line, potentially. It was um, a non-existent pass rush and a really non-existent run defense. And look, it makes sense. They traded away, I mean, they traded away two pretty good defensive ends, right. and they already were kind of short in the middle. Uh, but as the as we've gotten further away from the season, I'm kind of all in on let's fix the offense. <laughs> let's do as much as we can. Let's let's have let's play a lot of 38 games. And and see what happens, and yeah, then we'll... I, listen. I know agreeing is not maybe the best thing for whatever sort of ratings this podcast ends up getting, but I cannot agree with you. Let's absolutely go overkill on on helping Justin Fields out. That's the guy that we're all putting all of our hopes into. We're hoping that he can be different than pretty much every Bears quarterback ever. Why not just invest as much as humanly possible? In, in doing whatever we can to help that guy, even if it means neglecting areas that could be, you know, on paper more of a need. Yeah, so uh, that's actually a, probably a good segue because I think that for me, look, it's kind of the, the Kansas City model, right? And there's a very, very, very slim chance that, that Justin Fields is going to be able to touch Patrick Mahomes. But if you look at what Kansas City has done, it's all offense and their defense is just good enough. Right. And two titles that way. And honestly, probably would have won a third if they didn't have all those offensive line injuries that year against the Bucks. Like they just could not block them in the Super Bowl and it cost them that game. And so if you look at that, it's like it doesn't really take that many impact players on defense to really turn a defense around. It, and if it they is can... Chris Jones, and then I mean, who else really, right? I mean, and not listen. Chris Jones is about as impact of a guy as an impact guy comes on that uh, defensive line. That guy wreaks havoc. He's one of the best. Yeah, he's you know, probably the best non-Aaron Donald. But right outside of that, it's not like you're talking about all these big names on that defense. I agree. Yeah, and they've and you know they they 
I mean, I guess they did give up a lot to get Frank Clark initially, but they were able to kind of cobble together enough quality players on defense um, to make a reasonable run. They already won two Super Bowls without a whole lot of standout defensive guys. So if you could build up that offense, and I know this is like so <laughs> antithetical to everything that Chicago has ever done, but if you can really just build it's maybe up that a good offense. thing, by the way, that could oh, absolutely it is. It yeah, because it's it's been working here. It's been, it's been working really well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I'm all in. So I guess let's but let's go then to field. So what did was there any part of you when they got that? And I know you touched on it a little bit at the beginning. Was there any part of you when they got that one one that's like, yes, we should totally draft uh, Bryce Young or who would you actually let's ask let me ask you that first. If you did need a quarterback, who would you take? I would take Bryce Young. I, I, I would too. Okay. Damn it. All right. <laughs> and then, <laughs> but no, to me. answer your initial question, there was not a single part of me that wanted to move off fields for any of these guys. If you get into next year's draft and you're talking about Caleb Williams, that I think it becomes a more interesting question. But to me, if there's when you look at in, you know. He hasn't necessarily put it all together, but there are he has every trait that you could possibly like. He can make every throw. He's got the athleticism. It's it's all there in in spurts. So I like why why move that guy? I, there there was no reason for me to say let's gamble on another guy when I've seen it at the pro level with Fields of showing everything at times that you would want to see in a franchise quarterback. Yeah, I think. If they would, if best case scenario, if you have a rookie quarterback and the absolute best case, he has a year like the one Fields just had in in Fields' second year. That would be an unbelievable rookie you're year. Through the moon. You're, you're so there's little doubt that Fields in year three is going to be way ahead of whoever they get in year one. I get that you could say like, well, this team is far away, but. You can't build that. If you have a quarterback who has shown enough, and look, to me, if Fields, the biggest thing with Fields is he holds onto the ball too long. And I know he hasn't had a great line. It's not like it's all, like all these sacks are on him, but he holds onto the ball too long. He did the same. He took a lot of sacks in college too. And I think that is a very hard skill to teach. I think that that's, there are guys who get rid of the ball quickly and then there's guys who don't. And, but if that is something a player can learn, he is a no doubt superstar because he didn't even run in college. Like he was not even a rushing quarterback and he just no, had Lawrence had more rushing yards than, than he did. I think. And he just had one of the like, best rushing years. Like he is a really good passer on the move. He, like you said, he's shown amazing flashes and it would have been a disaster to trade him because this is the first time in my life as a, Bears fan, where I've been, well, and actually, I was very excited. But <laughs> that, like, this is the first time that they've had somebody that I look at and I'm like, this guy could legitimately be a star. Well, so that's the thing to back up a little bit. Part of, I guess, the reason I just didn't even entertain the possibility. It just, it seemed so crazy to me that they would actually move off of him. That, and I know until that, they ended up making that deal with the Panthers, it was being floated out there. There were obviously people on all the morning shows and on the radio shows 
talking about it as a possibility, but it really never actually entered my mind as a legitimate possible. Now, I don't know if that was different for you, but it just, the reason I, I, I just never entertained it in, to, to well, begin what, so what did you make? So one of the early things that Paul said that was like kind of reported on is like, oh, Polls reaffirms his like, uh, you know, commitment to fields that Paul said, well, we'd really have to be blown away, which I took as uh, that sounds like he's still leaving it open that they could decide that someone is better. Yeah, it's than a, it's and a then I was like, but, but it's, it's obviously but, well, that's play. what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm getting to. Is that I assumed that, that he was just doing that so that it would be like, well, we don't have to trade this pick. We really like some of these guys. You really got to bowl us over with an offer if you want us to trade it. But at the same time, you don't know. Maybe he maybe he really wasn't sold. And like you said, until they actually trade the pick. You don't know what to make of it. And then it comes out later. The fields didn't know whether or not they, they, he had told. And to me, that's probably more gamesmanship. You don't know. You tell your quarterback, the quarterback tells his buddy. And all of a sudden, then it leaks out that they're 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 definitely trying to trade the pick. But how's this for justification? Bryce Young, CJ, whatever one of these quarterbacks, they come out and say, this guy had the greatest workout I have ever seen. I was absolutely blown. I would still be pissed. It wouldn't matter to me. He could say that his this was a better workout than John Elway had. It, it, it wouldn't matter to me. I would like there's no possible justice. Whatever blown away meant didn't matter. No, I know. I, I agree. I'm just saying I it wasn't going to sway my thing. My concern was whether or not Poles was actually going to keep the pick and move on from fields. Yeah, not but I like think he had to be conscious of the moment, like He's still, he's still, a, a, like I, I think he's smart enough to know that the moment he does that, his his clock is starting as GM. That guy doesn't pan out; he's out in whatever three, four years. And oh I, yeah, he would be right. What he did was the safer thing with the fan base for sure. He's still because a human people, being at the end of the day. Like these, I think it seemed pretty obvious that 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 was a safe option, the option that's going to give him the longest leash. Yeah. But again, you still don't know until he actually trades the pick what is going on in his mind. And look, he seems like he's been he's better than Pace, but he's also made some moves that I'm a huge fan of. So it's like you don't know, you don't know. And so I was worried: are they actually? There was a lot of there were a, a lot of national people saying, "Hey, the word is that the Bears are seriously considering moving on from Fields." The one thing that got me nervous is ever, but because he Fields is not, it, it, he was not drafted by the Bears. So that that sort right. of story, it's not his that, guy, right? That perpetuated storyline of like he's got no allegiance to this guy. He didn't draft him. That was the only thing that gave me sort of slight nerves of, well, yeah, I guess he had, he doesn't really have to, any sort of real ties to Fields because Fields isn't his guy. Yeah, but but you're, it would have been an insanely risky career move, especially like knowing. This, I mean, the city is very. It was very energized by Fields this year. Yeah, he, he was like literally the only reason to watch this fucking. As team. far as three and fourteen teams go, like I don't think there's. They've got to be in the top three of seasons, like at where you could be at that excited as a fan base and go three and fourteen. Yeah. yeah. What was funny? The game that uh, was it against the Jets that Simeon started. I didn't watch. Was that- no, I did. I was watching. I'm like, why the fuck am I watching this? Yeah, I didn't. Garbage. Like, I watched every single Bears. I, I didn't. I I didn't watch that game. 
I got, I, I, I don't watch every single game anymore. Uh, and I, I happened to be in front of the TV for that one. And I was like, why am I even doing this? Because there's no, right. There was no point. There was no the reason to watch that team. He single-handedly made them a watchable product. Yeah. I mean, not even watchable, uh, like must, must viewing. All right. So, uh, we don't really make uh, much of that. All right, so then let's get into the other pieces here. What what did you think of the overview? We talked about DJ Moore. We kind of talked a little bit about number nine. What about the other pieces? What were your yeah, thoughts? Yeah. So, I mean, the obviously pieces? the big one is is the Panthers next year first because that does give you a good amount of flexibility to sort of play the results of this season and then make a move from there on top of the fact that I, I don't picture any of these rookie quarterbacks being super unbelievable, but they're going to carry the Panthers to any sort of record. I know that division is super wonky. We'll see what happens. But I do think that at the worst, that I can't imagine that pick being better than, you know, it, it's got to be in the top 15 and most likely it's going to be in the top 10, maybe even better. So the flexibility that that pick gives you, I like because if, Listen, if we are wrong about, I know we just sang the praise of Fields as much as probably you could you could sing his praises. But if it does go south, there is a quarterback and big Caleb Williams and Drake May that are better, at least being projected to be better. And it's hard to do it a year out. I know there's been a lot of quarterbacks a year out who have you know they they go through this season in college it doesn't pan out. But yeah. there are at the moment two guys projected to be better. If it's not those two, it'll be a different two that give you the flexibility that you have that pick. If it is a disaster, your own pick's going to be pretty good. So then you can you can sort of move off him, or you turn that pick into a bunch more picks if he is awesome, and, and you can build that way. So obviously the flexibility at that pick, and you weren't going to get that no matter what any trade you made, you're going to get. It was hard to envision unless I guess they just wanted to go back to two with the Texans, but it seemed any trade you were going to get, you were going to get that 24 first round pick. I kind of like that they got it from the Panthers, who are a franchise that is perpetually not awesome. So that was also just an added bonus. Yeah, I would say, and I was I was trying while you were talking, I was trying to look at like the um, current power rankings and where they have uh, the Panthers for this upcoming year. But I'm thinking that like you, that was the most the the kind of the thing I was most excited about was like you said that this is a bad team. That pick. That pick could be number one. Absolutely. Like it's not inconceivable. Like I would say that pick is more likely to be number one over in the twenties. Yes. Yeah. If you're or saying worse. closer to one or closer to fifteen, I I would put my money on closer to one. But he, I was just trying to project, you know, as cautiously as possible. You're still talking about, a, you know, getting a, a pretty impact player, or at least having the assets if you need to, to move up and get an impact player. Yeah. So uh, that that I also am very excited about that. Look, who knows? And like I said, even if the Bears improve, even if the Bears improve a lot, like they could improve by four wins. They're still seven and ten. Right. That's that could be seven and ten. You might be picking like 13. You have this other pick from the Panthers, presumably even higher than that. All of a sudden, next year's draft is looking pretty good. Maybe they trade. Maybe they can trade down again. You know, depending on how high up that, who knows? So they're sitting, they they seem seemingly are sitting pretty next year um, with the draft. I think the thing that I was most 
disappointed in was when I heard uh, that they were getting Carolina trading with Carolina for a 2023 first and second that I assumed that that second pick was going to be in the like high thirties or forties and that it's number 61. Right. That's a pretty low value pick. What's that? Essentially an early third round. Uh, Yeah. It's a, it's three picks ahead of when the third round starts. So um, I wish that that had been uh, a higher pick. I don't even know if Carolina still has their own pick, but especially uh, given the Claypool trade, I wanted to get back up into that upper reaches of that second round. Well, it's also just twice now. You're like, I hope it's this second round pick. I really hope it's this and second. Yeah, so let's, yeah, so let's actually talk about both these things then. Uh, that Claypool trade is made in season. Comes out. The Bears have acquired Chase Claypool for a second round pick. And I I, I know for sure you, uh, definitely me, all I'm thinking is, please let it be the Ravens pick. Please let it be the Ravens pick. And uh, it wasn't. And look, I don't think even polls thought that they were going to end up picking number one overall. But he had to, at that point, he had to be thinking, for one, he knew he was stripping down the team. So he had to know that that pick was going to be in the top five-ish. We're talking probably 10 to 15 spots. In his imagination, you're 15 spots better than the Ravens pick. Yeah. But to me, that was already too much. And I like, I like Chase Claypool. Like he was a, what do you have a three touchdown game, a four four touchdown game? Four touchdown game is rookie year. Yeah. Um, not a lot of guys have done that. <laughs> that's, that's impressive. So it's not like in a va- if it had been for that second round p- for the Ravens pick, I would have been fine with it. That it was for the bears pick. I did not like, and then especially when it became the first pick on day two, that turned it into a disaster for me because that pick has a ton of trade down potential. Well, and I, I think visually, like now, just seeing, like, because I think the Dolphins don't have their pick, like visually seeing 32nd, it just like mentally makes it so much worse because now that's almost a first round pick. Yeah, you're getting, you're getting a, you're getting what was a first round pick on a second rounder's contract. Right. So again, that pick has tremendous value because whoever it is, oh, I, I might lose my mind if uh, Kalaja Kansi drops out of the first round and he's sitting there that would that will be that will be my worst case scenario for this but whoever it is teams are going to have targeted guys with their first round picks that end up falling out of that first round and then on day two they're like we got to go up and get yeah players as as it always happens And, and all of a sudden now you're sitting on maybe a future maybe even a future first rounder to get rid of that pick and 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 more in this year's draft um, and so look, and you'd be like, well, you didn't know they were going to get the number pick, but you had to know that was in the realm of possibility, right? Which is to me is what makes it so bad. Even for the 36th, 37th pick, I still think that was an overpay. And I, 
I would have said it's the Ravens pick. Now, your thoughts, I know just from having talked to you, that wouldn't have been enough, right? Yeah, because well, supposedly Green Bay was involved and had they had they said Ravens pick or we're not making this deal, sounds like Chase Claypool would have been a Green Bay back. Yeah, and to me, that's when you just let Chase Claypool become a Green Bay Packer. Right. Because so, well, I, I think the he had been very – Cole's approach has been very deliberate and very patient. And to me, that trading for Claypool reeked of desperation. And they didn't need to do that in that moment. I know it was the same thing that he just did with – Acquiring DJ Moore, which again, if the Claypool trade, if Claypool had turned out to be who they maybe thought they were getting, then maybe they do prioritize a Buckner or taking less and getting a Brian Burns from Carolina instead of more. But now you basically have to kind of make up for that. Um, so that it, it, it's now cost you additional capital because now you didn't really work out. Maybe they're like, well, we need to rise your debt. But it's the same idea. Was He was looking at the free agent class and thinking, Chase Claypool has more upside than any of these guys. Well, that's where the overpay comes from, right? He said, let's let's get ahead of this. Let's let's go in as opposed to having to overpay for one of these guys. Let's Right. But the problem was he was competing against guy teams that wanted Claypool for this year, which was which was um raising his price. When they didn't need him for this year, well, and so not, they didn't. Right, they didn't need no. him for this year. So if other back, people are willing to overpay because they want him for 2023, and you do not need him for 2023, in fact, if he's good, it's going to kind of screw up your plans for 2020. Or you need him for 2022. It's going to kind of screw up your plans for 2023 because it's going to make you better. And now you're not picking as high. Then you should just walk away because I said in the moment. There's going to be guys available in the offseason in trade for a lot less than just pay Claypool, regardless of what the free agent class. And that bore itself out with Brandon That's what I Brandon didn't Cooks. foresee, though, because you're looking at, listen, Hollywood Brown is a much better receiver than, than Claypool. That guy just went for a first round. Like, you just that guy just got traded to, to Arizona for a first round pick. He's a really, really nice receiver, but he's not, you know, Stefan Diggs or, or AJ. Like, Seemed like at that time, it was, and the market was telling you that this guy was worth a second round pick because there were other teams that were willing to trade him for a second round pick. So that's the part I, I, I guess you, you, you are right, right? Brandon Cook just got traded for whatever it was a fifth. You can't even get off D Hop's, you know, they can't even trade him right now. You are, you are right. I just, I did not foresee that at the time based on looking at the previous trades that were made. But again, other teams were willing to offer a second round pick because they were in the playoff hunt and they wanted to improve for 2022. Yeah. But I think the bears also wanted to improve Justin Fields for 2022. I think part of making that deal was let's get a guy in the building who will, and it goes back to what we're talking about, right? Like, yeah, it might be an overpay, but if at the end of the day, it helps progress this guy who's going to be our franchise quarterback and the guy that's going to you know be our, our, our cornerstone down the line, but let, let's go and overpay. Obviously that, also did not bear itself out and Claypool was basically non-existent for the rest of the year. But I do think having him for that, you're looking at that room and aside from Moon, you're seeing, you know, EQ St. Brown, your Dante Pettis and, you know, all these other guys. Oh, yeah, who are, Byron Pringle. Right. 
you're, I, I absolutely think that part of it was let's get the guy in for 2022. Yeah, I I guess my the other part of me is like Pittsburgh is a pretty smart organization. Tomlin seems like a pretty good coach. Why are they giving up on this guy already? And it's not even like why are they giving up? All, they drafted the guy that we wanted the Bears to get last year already. They had already drafted somebody when they, they had Deontay John looking. So Claypool had a, a very promising rookie year. Had a a less successful year two. And then after his year two, they turn around and spend their, their, their second rounder on another receiver. And look, you can never have too many receivers, the NFL and blah, blah, blah. But they clearly like were trying to replace him and decided that they wanted to move on from him when it looks like, Hey, with uh, Dante Johnson, Pickens and Claypool, that seems like a pretty good wide receiver room. But back so up that alone would have given me pause. Why are the Why are the Steelers? So, <laughs> so hard to get yeah. rid of this guy. Yeah, well, are the Ravens gonna be like we don't want Roquan because he came from the Bears who always have a good linebacker? Uh the Bears didn't want to get rid of the, the Bears didn't want to get rid of Roquan. The Bears didn't want to resign right. Roquan. That's different. That's different than having a guy on a rookie contract that you're now trying to move before you even have to make that decision about whether you're picking up his fifth year option. But to me, the context of this uh, trade was also like important. A- Router. That's not that's not exactly accurate. The the context of this trade, I also because back up to when this this trade happened, you're two weeks removed from that Washington game. It's about as bad a first four weeks as you could have. They're starting to corner turn the corner a little bit. They have that nice um New England game, they've got that nice uh Dallas game. It's right before the, the Miami game, which I thought was probably his best game of the season. At that moment, I it's about as nervous, right? Maybe after the Washington game is as nervous as I've been about fields. So the idea that they wanted to go go in and get this guy help at that moment, but overpay for it, I I was like, okay, fine, yeah, like we need this guy to be good. This this is the guy that we're, we're as invested as you could like go overpay and get Claypool. Like even when I found out it was the Bears pick, I wasn't happy about it. But it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. It's like let's just help Fields as much as we can help. Yeah, I, uh, that that part is fair. Uh, just this question: you know, This is when you look at Equinemia St. Brown, Byron Pringle, uh, Dante Pettis, Valus Jones, Chase Claypool. Um, I start to wonder about the Bears scouting department and how they are grading receivers right? Uh, because those guys none of those guys were guys that I would have targeted gone after I mean you I remember you loved Pickens last year I really liked I liked Pickens I really liked Sky Moore both those guys were available with for sure, the Gordon pick the Gordon and pick. the were they both there for the Brisker pick? No, no, no. Uh, Pickens. Was One gone. of them was gone. Yeah, Pickens yeah. was gone. Pickens was gone. Sky Moore was still there. Yeah. So look, who knows what's going to happen? I think there is there was already kind of a body of evidence suggesting maybe this team isn't all that good at scouting wide receivers. They they have not hit it out of the park with some of these some of these moves. So which is why I um, imagine that they did want to go out and get a guy who 
has shown a level of productivity. Is it you saying that that's what the DJ Moore is saying? Claypool. No, no, for even Claypool. I mean, yeah. it's not been awesome, but he, you know, an eight, a couple 800 yard seasons. Like, he, there was a level of productivity there. No one, no one had illusions that he's be, you know, the, the, your number one receiver, but there was a body of work there. Yeah. Well, look, I think people did think, well, they, him and, you know, him and Mooney are kind of both number twos. You know, when you play, when you pair two number twos, it's kind of like having a number one. Right. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, let's talk. Uh, we got to do away. Uh, let's talk. Oh, wait, let's do one last thing, I guess. Or you want to save the one nine? How, how, what, what are we at on time? Well, I want to say one more thing about the Claypool trade, by the way. Okay, which, go ahead. If, and this may just be naive, but I, I still think if he goes out next year and puts up, you know, numbers similar to what he did in his rookie year or second year, like, I won't be mad at the trade. Like, if he's still somehow a part of making fields better and is a part of making that offense dynamic this year, it, there's no question they overpay. Right. Like that's I think at that point, that's just a fact when you're looking at what the market yeah. is for receivers now. But and I brought this up to you as an example, like Christian Kirk, everyone is going nuts yeah. uh, on Jacksonville for for paying that price. That went out and had like thirteen hundred yards and, and was a huge part of, of Lawrence's development of that team making the playoffs. Like if if Claypool has you know any impact close to that, I think people are really going to remember. And obviously, whoever the thirty second pick ends up being will probably have some sort of bearing on that. But uh, I'm I'm not ready to write off the trade as as a complete disaster. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So all right. I and look, that's right. And like I said, I like to like. When I heard Chase Claypool was available, I was like, well, it'd be nice if the Bears could get him for something like that. You know, maybe they maybe they can get him on the cheap. And again, when the when the news came out, if it had been the Ravens pick, I'd be like, I understand why they did that. Like that that makes sense. They have this extra pick now. They essentially turned Roquan Smith into Chase Claypool. Claypool plays a more premium position. I was never a big Roquan Smith fan. Anyway, I would have been like, all right. But the, that makes a huge difference that those, even if they were only projecting 10, you know, 15 slots, that that tipped it over for me to the, like, oh, this is bad news. There and it only no got worse as they continued to lose. There is no denying that since since the trade has been made, it's gone as poorly as it possibly could. You, you can't yeah. play it out anymore. The dude was non-existent and the pick is as high as it possibly could. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's actually save the uh, what our expectations are for one nine for uh, our next episode. Uh, I guess we kind of talked through it a little bit. We'll talk draft in an upcoming episode. So what is your made uh, the one one for DJ Moore and picks trade? What would you give that? Hey. In A minus, I think DJ Moore is about as good of a player as I could have imagined. Um, but I still think that if you're looking at Carter, you're looking at Anderson, and you could have maybe paired one of those guys with someone like a Pittman, it remains to be seen if that would have been a better combination than whoever they get at nine or if they trade whatever the, the that nine pick turns out to be in DJ Moore. But at the end of the day, the big thing was, the flexibility of that that 2024 first 
And then like we talked about how impactful Moore can be. Um, potentially one of the best receivers in the history of the franchise and then what I'll do for Fields. So I went A-. minus. All right. And I'll go a B. I, I think that, look, I had, I had dreams of, like you said, an unprecedented <laughs> four-trade run down the board. Um, and I, I really think that they could have acquired a lot of pieces uh, with that, just a ton uh, of picks. But I would say so because that's one part, and then the other part is I'm that, just that sixty-first pick. Uh, that's a that's a bit of a bummer. Two, I, so I think I'm probably a little low just from other grades that I've seen around. I think I'm probably on the low side. To me, a B is a it's fine. Like I, I'm not upset. I think they did well. Do I think they could have done better? Yeah, I do. If they had really a ton of legwork and who knows and maybe they would have gotten stuck somewhere they didn't want to be or maybe they would you know that's the other thing no it doesn't take two to tango in my thing it takes like five to tango right. <laughs> for my dream scenario so look i get maybe it wasn't possible but i'm gonna give that a b now uh playful trade what do you give that Thank actually you. give me let's uh, look what do you think you would have given it day of and what do you give it now? A day of, I was a fan. I mean, I would have given it probably a B day of, just because of all, all the things I mentioned. Uh, help for fields, getting ahead of the, the market, and then I would have dinged it to a B because it's our pick and not uh, the Ravens pick. Now, I mean, you're probably talking about a D minus. I, I, like I said, I'm not going to give it an F just because of the hope that he could potentially be impactful this year, but like I, I said, it's it's gone as poorly as as possible. Uh, so I would say D minus. And what would you say where you were at a day of? B. B, okay. Yeah, I'm torn day of. I was not happy. So I don't know if I would have given it a C minus or a D plus uh, day of. Um, and Stealing from I, the Packers I, does nothing for you, right? Because that, that also made me no. slightly. Okay. Now, stealing, like the guy I really wanted in free agency was uh, Elgin Jenkins, like because that that's taking an existing guy off of there who you know is a contributor. Not if you have to overpay, like if you have to overpay to take him from your opponent, then who's really winning? Do, are you, you know, the idea of the winner's curse? Does everyone know what the winner's curse is? No, and in like a in a competitive situation like potentially trading bridge see the i think the the standard like example is an auction in order to be the person who wins the thing almost by definition you have to overpay because everybody is bidding on this thing and it's gonna it's gonna make the value higher than what it's actually worth and so you're kind of better off losing out than getting him over in order to keep him from well, the at the very least, let's just say it was better to overpay against the Packers as opposed to like, I don't know. Who's a random, the Titans. Sure. Do we know uh, Packers were the next high bidder. Yeah, like, I think, I, I think they were, I think it's come out that that was the case. Well, maybe in the way the draft order played out now, but they didn't know. Like, yeah. who know, you just don't know, whatever. 
but, but no, I would not. Okay, so you were not happy. happy. Was and... not happy and now really not happy. And you're right, look. It's going to be very hard because no matter what Claypool does this year, that number 32 pick, there's going to be a superstar who's picked after that that you're going to look at and say, well, they could have had sure. this guy. So I guess you're right. If Claypool has a 1,400-yard, nine-touchdown season, I will look like a fool for saying that this is an F. I'm pretty confident that's not going to happen. Um, I, and I think just the, the there's just there was too much opportunity cost that, like I said, that the to have that that's a an extremely valuable pick in any year, let alone a year when there's only 31 first rounders. Right, and now you only have the guy for for one more year before you have to make a decision on him as well. And, and right, and now look. It gives you a little bit of flexibility because now you can kind of potentially you can choose like, all right, do we want to keep Mooney? Do we want to keep Claypool? And you're 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 in a better situation of not having to overpay just to keep this guy who maybe you don't think is all that good. And you're going to be in it. So there is some value there that moves it from an F minus to an F. (laughs) Okay, so you're I think that is uh, all the time. We have for today. Did you have something else you wanted to say before I uh, sign us off there, Noah? No, no, that's it. Let's uh, let's sign off. All right. Thank you for listening to the D Stark and Cope Chicago Sports Show. Please, I'm when I don't know. Maybe about uh, free agency, the draft. Who knows? Thanks, everybody. Fair enough.